You are listening to the Sacred Geometry Portal Podcast, where each Monday musing plus one in-depth interview per moon takes you through the portal to the patterns of nature, the architecture of the cosmos, and to the divine language of our mind. Your host, Elizabeth Diane, expands your perception of the world and the awe of creation. With a light heart, she encourages an exploration to find the truth as it is evident to you. Every episode opens the doors to self-empowerment, demystifies the power of symbology and archetype, intersects relationships with matter and spirit, then circles back to ground in these seeds of life into the kind of wisdom you can apply to your being, soul, and purpose. Welcome to the Sacred Geometry Portal Podcast. Hello, Sacred Spheres, and welcome to another Monday Musing, the first one of 2023. Happy New Year's, everyone. And if you are in the part of the world that celebrates the new year at a different time of the year, well, um, happy new beginnings, whatever you may be beginning today. (laughs) And I was really contemplating, why are we celebrating in the U.S., in the Western world, the beginning of the new year on January 1st? And it might have something to do with the Gregorian calendar. It just seems so arbitrary. It comes like, what, 10 or 12 days after solstice. And uh, my understanding of solstice uh, being in the northern hemisphere, winter solstice is, of course, when the, um, the angle of the sun, or the earth, the tilt of the earth in relation to the sun is such that the, um, the days get shorter by, uh, the northern hemisphere being further away from the sun until it, it cycles around and tips back the other way in summer. In any case, we have a period of three days where it seems as though the sun sort of hangs low on the horizon and, you know, in the southern um, skies for about three days before uh, the day begins longer. And so at Christmas, um, we say that's the birth of the sun and the son of God. And uh, I believe in the pagan tradition, they observed it as the birth of a new sun. Um, So beginning a year. And so it makes sense to me that New Year's might start actually on what we celebrate in the West as Christmas. Um, And I have no idea why we do it a week later. Is it maybe it's another reason to, to celebrate and party or whatever you like to do. I like to take this time of year and do as much dreaming as I can. And uh, I talked about the Toltec a little bit last Monday musing. And one of the things that's always drawn me to 
the uh, Toltec culture and wisdom is the dream time. And to me, it's a, a deep dive into the unconscious. Um, a lot of the work that Carl Jung did is around, around that, you know, looking into the unconscious mind by going into the dream state. And in the Northern Hemisphere, that's naturally what nature wants to do. Um, you know, the bears and a lot of animals are hibernating. And with the darker days, unless you are, um, you know, staring at a computer screen for a long period of time or have lights that, you know, a lot of lights that have blue, the blue spectrum in them, um, will prevent you from having the kind of dream time that you might have if you are in the dark more, um, you know, more night than day. And it produces more melatonin in the pineal gland through the endocrine system. And that increase in melatonin combined with some serotonin, other neurochemistry, produces natural DMT. And if you're not sure about DMT, you can look it up by uh, dimethyltrypto, whatever. <laughs> I've not memorized the long word for DMT. It's called the spirit molecule. And it is what gives us access to just the connection with all it is and what people might describe as hallucinatory experiences or trips and what people sometimes will take exogenous substances for, uh, such as psilocybin mushroom or an ayahuasca journey or synthetic DMT um, because they want to experience that and yet our bodies produce it naturally and there are ways to do that through breath work and also through darkness. Um, I spent some time doing some spiritual work with a teacher who had us do a lot of blindfolded walking meditations and a lot of phenomena happens that uh, might surprise you. I started to see things through my blindfolds. I had amazing experiences. But all that experience really helped me see for myself uh, what the dream time is all about and how we can be both receivers and broadcasters of information into the quantum field through our dream work in this dream time. And really, uh, when we do this dream work, we're dreaming in visual spatial proportions. We're dreaming essentially the complexity maybe of life here, but we can use symbology or sacred geometry as a part of our visioning to, uh, to hold a place for all of the details of our vision and our dream that we want to see manifest in the new year. And really, the, I think the simplest 
relationship that this cycle around the sun from one winter solstice to the next is just the simplest of sacred geometry, right? It's a circle. I mean, it may be elliptical. And ellipses are interesting because if you take a circle and tilt it slightly from your perspective, uh, you know, looking out to the horizon, and you, if you're looking at a circle straight on, you see that roundness. If you take that circle and start to tip it <laughs> in perspective view, you're suddenly looking at an oval. Um, and the the shapes are uh, that we have in nature are never perfect, but they come close to the perfect ideal that our minds and our consciousness can understand and hold. And so we've been traveling these circles around the sun. And when I say circle around it, um, I know that, that it creates a spiral through space. But again, perspective, if you were looking down the center of that spiral of of the earth spiraling around the sun, moving and spiraling around the galaxy, uh, there is a perspective where you would see it as a circle because it would overlap on its previous path each year. And that's the cool thing about sacred geometry. Every dimension is a representation of a form that exists in a higher or lower dimension. And in the case of planetary orbits, there's just all kinds of sacred geometry. Uh, there's so many synchronicity that it's it's just phenomenal how many synchronicities there are. And one of the inspirations for me is there's a little a book called The Little Book of Coincidence. And I don't believe that they're all coincidences in this book, but basically this little book has all of these uh, mathematical and geometric comparisons of the relationship of planets in orbit to each other or the sizes of planets to each other and and how they relate to sacred geometry. So let me give you an example. Venus, as seen from the Earth, will complete its orbital cycle every eight years, and it has some forward mo motion that looks like it's looping around, and then it'll do a little smaller loop as it's going retrograde, and then it'll continue its looping around. And after eight years, the pattern that it has traced in the sky, if you were standing in the same spot on Earth, is uh, what's called the Venus Rose. And it's a pentagonal pattern. It's just elegant and beautiful. And what I love too about Venus is they say it represents beauty. And the golden mean in sacred geometry uh, is also considered the, the proportion of beauty. It's it's just so cool how everything just fits together and how the knowledge has been based on 
things that, you know, in, in our modern science we're, we're astounded by, and yet people in ancient cultures just had these understandings. Um, like, why did they think that Venus was related to beauty and that the golden mean is related to beauty? It's the, the, the divine proportion. The human body's made up of this divine proportion all over the place. So if you ever see a pentagram or a pentagon and you aren't sure what it means, it's talking about regeneration. The golden mean is found in the DNA of all organic life and it's like a code and it tells our bodies how to grow. So like if you look at your hand and you take your one of your fingers, your index finger, say, and look at the uh, from the tip to the first joint and the ratio of that length to the second joint, so from the, the first joint to the second joint, it would be in golden mean proportion to the overall length of the tip of your finger to the second joint. And then if you took your finger and length and compared it to the length of your knuckle to the bottom of your palm, that would be in golden mean proportion to the whole height of your hand, roughly speaking. Everybody has their own uniqueness. But it's, it's, it's just fascinating. It shows up not just in your hand, but in your hand to your to your forearm and your forearm to your overall length of your arm and you know the proportions in, in your in your face and in your body all over your body and plants do the same thing in different ways depending on the the type of plant so here I am talking about new years I'm talking about planetary bodies and how they do this dance in the in the cosmos in relation to each other and they're tracing sacred geometry in the sky <laughs> and and we're mirroring some of that and you know in in life here whether it's the through the golden mean and the relationship of earth and venus or uh, in other relationships for example the size of mars and venus in comparison to each other uh, could create the the ratios of the the two platonic solids, the icosahedron and the dodecahedron, and it's a complicated thing to describe. But there is this this book that um, I recommend called "A Little Book of Coincidence," and it's by the publishers Wooden Books. And it's just this small book that's simply illustrated and just elegant, full of all kinds of synchronicities. I don't really believe in coincidence. I think that it's all divine design with sacred geometry underlying all of it. So I'm leaving you today with these pieces to ponder, these little bits of information that... I've been contemplating today and what I'd like to do more of in my upcoming Monday musings is pick some sacred geometric forms and talk about their meanings 
So I did that a little bit today with the pentagram and the golden mean. And I'd like to continue with that because so many people I talk to have been really interested in the meaning of these forms. What does it mean? And so it's really fun to look at that and also to help you use sacred geometry as a language from the divine in the synchronicities that appear in your life. So I hope you listen in again on thurs this Thursday at noon. I have an interview on Septemics with a man who has developed this, this interesting uh, collection of data and patterns that is based on sevens. I think you'll find fascinating. So tune in then and next Monday. Until then, Happy New Year. Have a blessed, blissed, beautiful, and prosperous New Year. And don't forget to check out my Patreon page because I have some really fun offerings in sacred geometry. I also have a special one on crop circles on the New Earth One network. So go to newearthone.com with Lauren Gailey and look up Sacred Geometry Portal or go to my website. This podcast has been a production of Sacred Geometry Portal. Dive deeper into the portal by subscribing at sacredgeometryportal.com. You can support the portal expansion through Sacred Geometry Portal's Patreon account. Infinite Fractal Blessings and thank you for listening.